Hey everybody, this is Nick Mayhew, three-time gold medalist and three-time world record holder, and you're listening to Power 98.5. We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Hi, this is Dan Aykroyd. He's progressive. He's beautiful. He's thoughtful. He's intelligent. He's powerful. He's positive. He is Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. Empowering listeners from the U.S. to the U.K. Live on air with Stephen Cuoco. Hi, I'm Asante Cleveland, author and former New England Patriots tight end. Tune into my live interview with acclaimed radio personality Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5. Well, 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 we are back. (laughs) Thank you uh, for everyone who has uh, stayed live on air. I, I hope you're enjoying the music, the lineup. Love to refresh every single month. So whether you're a current artist, an Uh, upcoming artist, or even an established music artist, send us over your MP3s. Uh, Definitely taking in submissions. uh, Huge supportive uh, system that we have here at Power 98.5 Satellite Radio to be for the people, by the people, and to support you. As I just shared, we had actor Brett Shapin um, live with us. Uh, Definitely appreciate him, all that he's doing. Um, he's an actor best known from General Hospital. Uh, he, he's currently, you know, working on an Apple TV Plus premiere of Mrs. American Pie, starring Ricky Martin, Kristen Wiig, and Allison Janney, set for release in 2023. So big shout out to Brett. I know he, uh, he was very interested and wanted to uh, find out more about Asante and what he's doing and and really enjoyed the the story and the the credibility that asante offers and what's happening so hello brett um thank you for being with us today and everyone from here once again and all around the world uh head on over to the power 98.5 satellite radio app click on the bottom icon in the right hand corner if you have a, a question for asante i uh, would love to share your love thought support uh, definitely send my team a real-time message uh, whether it be once again on the ios or android app or um, on power 985.com uh, definitely shared some great advice in the last um, interview um, that I had with uh, Mr. Brett Shapin. Check our local schedule on power985.com. That interview will re-air um, as just, just the same as a live. It's going to re-air, so definitely check out when we're going to have that. Um, also, once again, we've got Asante Cleveland. Um, we are live, 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 uh, but this live will re-air as well, so look forward to that. Words of wisdom and thought. Um, I want to give a big shout out to my friend Paulina. And uh, once again, you you heard what I had to share about certain things that's happening in the climate of our world. You know uh, that I touched on. Definitely go back and and uh, listen to that interview with Brett Shapin. We will be submitting that to our distribution company. So if you're uh, not wanting to wait and you're super excited to hear that interview, it will be available today on Amazon Music, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others where podcast channels are at. As you know, this is not a podcast. This is a radio show. We only utilize um, podcasting or those platforms, uh, not only because people enjoy it most, but also to give you the flexibility. So if time does not permit and you're not able to listen to the live or when we re-air the live interviews, whether it's my show live on air with Stephen Cuoco, Catherine and Company with Catherine and Swain, and Resilient You with Alicia Pazzoni, you always have those other channels. But once again, you can go to Power 98.5, click on um, Listen Live, and you'll be able to find the iHeartRadio right there. And even Spotify is available there as well. Um, so looking forward to that. Brett's very kind. He's going to be sharing a review of his experience with his interview with me. 
and uh, looking forward to having my team put that up. Uh, Once again, as Paulina had stated, when you love others, you love yourself. When you hate others, you hate yourself. When you hurt others, you hurt yourself. When you heal others, you heal yourself. When you condemn others, you condemn yourself. And when you forgive others, you forgive yourself. And how it's so very important right now, especially, you know, not only within our world, but in life, um, forgiving and being grateful is essential. It is the artery to the heartbeat of what we need and most require to survive, to thrive, and to live a really, really fulfilling life. Once again, we have my good friend, Asante Cleveland. We've known each other for several years. It's gone by very, very fast. I remember speaking to him outside when I was getting ready to pick up my pizza for lunch. I was in New Jersey at the time, my home state, and uh, it was during the afternoon time, and he was talking and sharing about his book, and now he is an official author, so uh, very excited. We're going to Go in and talk about that. And to share more about Asante is Asante is a best-selling author, speaker, and former NFL tight end from Sacramento, California. Asante spent four years in the NFL playing for the San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots, and Los Los Angeles Chargers. He recently released his first book, Working Through the Dark, sharing his experience with child abuse and life lessons he learned on his way to the NFL. And Asante, welcome to the show. And I believe you were on um you were on uh Alicia's show with her, weren't you? Uh, I was with uh Lady T. Lady T, that's right. Um yeah. uh, Terelia Hoskins. Yeah, she's gonna be coming back. Uh she's taking a little bit of a break. She's coming back, I believe, January. So yes, I knew you were on the station before. Awesome. Yeah, Steve, thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate the introduction. Yeah, and it does feel uh, like time has flown by since I was first telling you about this idea to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. I mean, and that was about two years ago, a little over two years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the beginning of 2020. when, Well, beginning of the lockdowns when I was thinking about uh, writing this book. And, and now you're here. So, Tell us, what does it mean? What is happening? Whose lives are you are you touching? And most importantly, who is this book for? So what inspired me to write this book was the lockdowns. So growing up, I dealt with child abuse until I was 11. And then Child Protective Services had me living with my dad full time. And so when the lockdowns first happened, I was just thinking about when I was a kid, if I was in this this situation with uh, not able to go to school, not able to go play sports or see friends for this undetermined amount of time, because at first it was just going to be two weeks and then it just kept getting extended, just how frightening that must be for kids who were already being abused. Uh, people who are already in domestic violence situations, uh, it only got worse throughout the lockdowns. So... I wanted to share my story and what I went through just to encourage that no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've been through, that uh, it doesn't define you and you can still achieve anything you want in your life uh, as long as you believe in yourself. And so I want to write this book for kids who are going through uh, abusive situations or and also people who have gone through um traumatic childhood situations and not fully addressed how they still may be being affected by it. What's really remarkable is you would never had thought, and you and I had some really candid conversations uh, several years ago. Um, yeah. I would never have thought you would have experienced what you had gone through at a very young age. Um, you know, even when you were on, uh, let me tell you what lady T uh, it was it was a bit powerful. Um, how do you feel now, uh, knowing what you had shared in your last interview? But most importantly, you know, I believe that there needs to be a purpose. <clears throat> there really needs to be a purpose of what we share and where we share it. And it's something that I've learned is that 
yes, when we share our story, when we share our truth, it it gives people other permission to be able to relate to you and to understand you, but also hopefully to awaken to either learn techniques or to be able to find out how you were able to go from surviving to thriving. Um, what would be the best life experience that you had learned younger or as a kid or when you were with your mom that you had to survive through that you would best advise um, of what was the most important healing moment in your life to help you be the man, man who you are today? So I think the most important lesson that I learned at a young age was actually while I was going through the child abuse. So uh, I, my parents were divorced and I would stay with my dad every other weekend. And one of those weekends, he had me memorize this poem uh, and I wasn't allowed to play video games until I did. And the poem was Invictus. And it was, this, the whole poem is about resilience, uh, being able to keep your head up when things are tough and it was so poignant for me at the time because of what I was dealing with um, when I was going back to her house. And so I think that was one of the most important lessons I learned young for just staying resilient. You can overcome anything. Um, you are always in control of your fate and your destiny as long as you believe it. And then for just the whole healing part, uh, it was really having an awareness to how I was still affected that didn't come until much later, like maybe four years ago was when I first started to take notice that, okay, maybe the abuse that I dealt with is still affecting me. And, um, but because I had that awareness, I knew that there was something that I could do about it and just working through uh, my emotions, just really ex not being afraid to sit with the uncomfortable thoughts of what I had experienced in the past really helped move me forward through the healing process. For those that are tuning in, we've got a very good friend um, who I consider a very good friend and feel very connected to, Asante Cleveland. He's a professional former football player. He's also the author of Working Through... Uh, Hold on. I don't have my glasses on. Don't even tell me. I want to get it. Hold on. Let me get my glasses. <laughs> uh, he, Asante is the uh, author of Working Through the Dark. Uh, what I was doing is I'm on your Instagram and I was trying to read that you're holding up the book. So go to um, Asante's Instagram. It's A-S-A-N-T-E Cleveland. And then you'll be able to see all the latest and greatest from Asante, including um, his recent share about working through the dark, uh, sharing his experience with child abuse and life lessons he learned on his way to the NFL. You wrote on this post, Asante, being physically abused growing up was something I kept to myself for a long time. In, in middle school, after Child Protective Services removed me, from that situation, I tried not to think about it anymore. Sports not only became my outlet, but also a way for me to ignore the past. Is there Are there any details that you can share of what specifically you went through and endured what that abuse was? And does that abuse... Or, those, or, or are there any triggers that still play a role to your current healing process? Or do you feel absolved from it? Yeah, I don't think I still have any triggers towards those um, feelings of what happened then. Um, so what I was going through was, like I said, parents divorced. And she was very... Uh, she wanted to make sure that I wasn't disrespectful or like I would get whooped for not doing homework, uh, maybe getting a bad grade on a test and bad grade is very subjective. Like a C minus would be considered a bad grade. And so I would get whooped with a glue stick, which was like a foot long, uh, like industrial glue stick that would use like mix put into a glue gun. Uh, but just on its own, it was this very, pliable bendy whip essentially and so 
I would get whooped for like one time it was because she told me to get a hundred percent on a math test and I ended up getting a 95. And that was probably the one that stuck out, stood out the most. It wasn't the worst beating, but just that thought of not that I had to be perfect and making one mistake means violence. Uh, one mistake could be extremely detrimental. And so I think that was something that I really carried and affected me throughout my life of really being afraid to make mistakes because knowing that there could be a severe punishment at the other end of that. Consciously or subconsciously, did that ever play a role, Asante? When you were playing football, did you ever feel that if you didn't meet to the goal and expectations of what you had for yourself or from your coaches or from the fans or from, you know, whoever it may have been, you know, that were part of, you know, those teams in that career, did that mind fuck you at all? Yeah, I think subconsciously, I think I was always kind of aware of where it came from, but definitely subconsciously, I would be just afraid to make a mistake. And it doesn't help that I'm playing on a field in front of 70,000 people while possibly millions are at home watching uh, for me to make a mistake in front of everybody. So that was always a, uh, a scare in the background. And I noticed that when I would make a mistake. It's like one of my first games in the NFL. We were playing the Seahawks and game starts off going well. I My first play, I block for a touchdown, uh, a couple more series. I'm doing well. Then I get a holding penalty. And I noticed right then and there, everything changed. I noticed like, wow, it's so loud in here. Uh, these people are so fast, so big. Like, all these elements were now affecting me in a way that they weren't just minutes before. And it was always tough for me to kind of rebound out of that mindset. I didn't at the time have the tools to refocus myself, recenter myself, but yes, it, it always played uh, a factor in my sports career. Have you ever believed that you were ever a mistake? It wasn't that I, thought I was a mistake, but I think I carried a notion that I was bad or I was a bad kid or bad at this, bad at that. And just whenever things weren't perfect, it would kind of just be confirmation for me. And which is completely unreasonable uh, to think that to, you have to be perfect at everything because you're just not going to. But that was something that I'd held so closely that I was just Growing up, I was a bad kid, even though I really wasn't. So we have the understanding of what it means to be bad. And then we have the understanding of what it means to be perfect. And as a wise person once helped me to get back my sanity, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. But yep. also good enough. Because when we think about, okay, you know, someone considering you being a bad person that means that okay what has asante potentially done did he do evil towards someone else is he being uh um violent to himself is he not making good decisions to you not being good enough if, so i'm sure to, and know that you understand the difference so to ask you was it so much that you felt and or believed that you were a bad person because you may have been uh portrayed as someone who made your mother or someone else's life miserable because you could not and did not live up to someone else's expectations to nothing about who Asante Cleveland was, was ever good enough. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I definitely held that not good enough uh, part pretty closely. It was just a feeling that you're not worth um, like some of the accolades that I had. I, I went to university of Miami, this big powerhouse school from a small Catholic school in Sacramento, California. And my first year there, I played very well. I got a lot of recognition, but it almost didn't feel real. 
because like there was no way I was good enough to make it here. I wasn't a big recruit and all this uh, and all that. And then my sophomore year, new coaching staff comes in and then I barely play. So for me, that was almost the confirmation that like I was right. I wasn't good enough to be here. And this is this the situation I'm in now. So that self-worth has always been um, something that I'm constantly working on. But early, it was often in the back of my mind. You had once wrote, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. Keep climbing. What does that really mean to someone, whether they understand that or not? My interpretation is the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So does that mean that, you know, I'm going to be climbing for the rest of my life and to interpret that as I'm always going to be, for the most part, stressed out, overwhelmed, anxious, or does that mean that with every new opportunity becomes a new climbing point for achievement and success and personal growth and development that there's a new opportunity every single time through everything that we may embody or become part of. Now, I think both can be true in all matters of your perspective. How I look at it is the latter, that every new opportunity you have in your life, you are essentially a beginner and you have a lot to learn. So that can be empowering to some knowing that you have a lot of room to get better and that can also be stressful to someone thinking like oh i have to start over again but really you should look at it as a new opportunity to like reinvent yourself to get better because that's all life is about you're always climbing to something new you have always something to work for you have always something to get better at and it's like going to the nfl like you were good in college, but now you're on the low man on the totem pole in this whole other league that has a lot of opportunity. And the same thing in all of our lives. Whenever we are presented with something new, something exciting, it takes a lot of work. You, there's so much that you don't know in the space that you're going to learn, um, but you're going to keep climbing. And once you master that, there is going to be another opportunity that presents itself that's going to put you at the bottom of the next mountain. And as long as you look at it from a perspective of growth and opportunity to get better, it's not stressful. It's encouraging. It's exhilarating. Have you ever seeked or sought after a therapist or a counselor? And if so, for anyone, no matter what religious backgrounds they come from, or if there's ever been a stigma about it, what are your thoughts about seeking professional help or even to, sit down and try to find a confidant to just purge and share and, and just really, you know, remove um, the disease of these emotions and, and that could turn literally into cancer. It can affect your health and, and your body. So what, what would you say about professional help, therapists, counselors, grief counselors, social workers? What would be your best advice to someone who's even ready to to want to leave this world? I would say, um, look for help. Get So I've been in therapy since 2018, I think, 2019. And what drove me to go to therapy was struggling with depression. I was also experiencing like suicidal ideation to the point where it scared me. And I knew that this was no longer, this wasn't, healthy. This also wasn't sustainable. And I needed to talk to somebody. And I, I think it, it, if it's not therapy for you, which I strongly encourage, definitely find someone to talk to it with. Talk uh, about what you're dealing with, what you're struggling with. I, I like to look at it from like the athletic point of view, like lifting weights. When for a lot of guys who work out, uh, bench pressing 135 pounds is a warm-up for the most part but there was a point in your life when that was very heavy a point when you couldn't lift it on your own and you had to have someone help spot you and that's okay but eventually you got a lot stronger the weight didn't get any lighter but you were now able to lift it 
uh, with very little resistance. And that's the same thing with talking about uh, childhood trauma, some things that you're struggling to, to really reconcile with. Maybe in the first part, when you first try to deal with it, the weight is too heavy to carry on your own. Get someone, get a therapist to help spot you and lift that weight. And eventually it will be very, it'll be so much easier for you to deal with. It won't be so much of a point of resistance to talk about because you worked on it so long that you've gotten so much stronger. It's not, uh, it's not heavy for you anymore. Like for me, maybe four or five years ago, I could not really have a conversation around my experience with child abuse and fast forward to now I have spoke on stage about it and I've written a book. It didn't get any easier. I just got a lot stronger. Has it ever played a role of you feeling not good enough as a man, as a provider? And has it ever affected in, in what most people don't talk about? And it doesn't matter who you are, or where you come from. I can say to you this from my own personal experience. Did the abuse impact your confidence in your role as a young man, as a male, and in your own sexual identification? Because it did with me. Because when I went through what I went through, I did not know when I was going to eat. I did not know if I was going to be alive. I did not know if I was going to be murdered. There were a lot of things, and I hated, I went through such anger to God, to myself, even having a dick. I was like, why the fuck am I a man? I don't have a male role model. I don't know what it's like to know what it means to be a male, to be a man or young man. I knew none of that. All I knew was, is when am I going to eat? Can I sleep? Am I going to not wake up pissing my bed because I was so exhausted that I couldn't even at times at the age of five, six, seven years old get out of bed because I was so under, so in fight or flight and, um, and having complex PTSD. And there's a difference between PTSD, which is usually from one traumatic event. But then what most people don't know or talk about is there is complex PTSD. And complex PTSD is where it's continual trauma. And I had continual trauma every day. And I had to live every microsecond in that moment figuring out how to strategically be an adult to myself to survive. And so with that, how did it play a role in your own sexual identification? How did it play a role in you as a man accepting yourself, not only being a human being, but being a young kid in a world where even preschoolers are somehow positioned to figure out sexual identity. And we all know that you're heterosexual, but still not everybody can make it out the way you did. And I was lucky that I made it out the way that I did to be able to finally love my body. So when we think about your, your emotional, mental, and body health and relationship and your identification as a heterosexual man, was that ever challenged through the abuse? And thank you, Stephen, thank you for sharing a bit of what you've gone through. Um, for me, I don't think the sexual identity was challenged, but the confidence was like, it was really shattered. And I was very lucky in that I had a great male role model in my dad. So while for a long time, he didn't know what was going on either until I finally told him. Uh, but I had someone to really learn from and give me positive wisdom and affirmations about myself um, while I was dealing with this. And then once I was living with him full time, I just had even more opportunities to really learn how to carry myself as a man, how to behave as a respectful, tall, black man in this country. Um, I was very lucky to have someone so wise, caring, loving, and supportive to as I left that situation. But 
it has always been a journey for me of building back my confidence. How has your relationship or relationships throughout your life, Asante, been with women? Have you ever felt that you were never good enough? Did you ever look as what most people do um, without being able to put a number on it? But did you ever feel that you needed to obtain validation from women because of the relationship and, and, and what you understood from a feminine identity, a uh, you know, your mom as a woman, as a female, um, who's to be a role model. How has that affected your relationship with women in general and with the feminine, uh, feminine, feminine, masculine identification of being a human and a, and, and a relationship with other people? Yeah, it, it affected relationships for a while. I definitely sought validation from women, um, especially like going into college, I noticed that my self-worth really fluctuated depending on where I was on the football depth chart. So the lower I was on the depth chart, the worse I felt about myself, the more I would seek validation from women. And it definitely affected relationships during that time period where it was just really, even though this person says they love me, they care about me, I need to find someone else who agrees as well. And so now I'm lucky to, to start to build my own self-worth and know that it's all internal and how other people feel about me should not and does not affect the way I feel about myself. Once again, you wrote the book, Working Through the Dark. You can uh, obtain this on Amazon. It is available in paperback. Um, the, it goes like this. There was a point in his life when he had to make a deliberate decision not to allow his childhood abuse define him any longer. In many ways, his story is not unique. In fact, it is all too common. Because of his desire to instill hope in others, He's chosen to share his story and life lessons. He wants others to know they are not alone as they work their way through the dark. Once again, Working Through the Dark by Asante Cleveland. Just recently came out this year. Uh, June 7th was the official release, so just several months ago. Um, What has the response been like, Asante, since this uh, since the release of your book that you've been working several years on. And are there going to be any um, uh, book signings, a, a touring, even consideration, looking into possibly uh, presenting it to a, a company to do maybe a, a, a docu-series or something for Netflix? I can see all of that happening for you. Yeah, so the the response has been just really encouraging. And it says that it was, uh, we first uploaded it in June, but it was not finished until maybe a few weeks ago. And that's when I officially announced that it was done. But it's been encouraging, um, relate, just being able to relate to others who had gone through a ex- similar experience. And it's like, when you, when you say, we meet people and say like, oh, I'm writing a book. And naturally they're gonna ask, oh, what's it about? And so I just have to like, all right, well, it's about my experience with child abuse. And it has been so just surprising at how many other people have one experienced uh, the same or similar situation. And also how many people have still are still struggling with the way it's affected them. And that's what really encouraged me to put it out in the first place was just I was at this real estate job and I just saw how much um, I was still affected by what had happened like all these years ago. Whereas one of my coworkers, he seemed to live this really free, uh, fearless life. We were just uh, cold calling all the time. And he told me uh, the story about when he was a kid uh, kicking a soccer ball in his basement and breaking lights. And I joked and I asked, did your parents like whoop you for that? And he's, oh, no, I probably broke that light 100 times. 
And that's when it really clicked like, oh, there's got to be something to the fact how he has no fear of consequences and all this, the way he moves through his life and the way I move through my life. Uh, very uh, always doubting myself, second guessing everything I'm doing. So that's when I finally had the awareness and I wanted to uh, share my experience because I, I knew that there were a lot of other people who may not have the awareness of how much it's been affecting them. So with this, I am uh, still planning a book tour uh, back in Sacramento, uh, getting some opportunities to speak in high schools, middle schools to kids just about resilience, uh, hard work, believing themselves. Uh, so, and also, I mean, if there is a Netflix possibility, I would, I'd love to figure that out as well. But yeah, right now, just kind of taking my time with this process and just wanting to share my message in the best way possible for people who need to hear it most. What's the best advice you would like to offer, Asante, before we close out? Ooh, um, you have to, you have to work on yourself. Um, you have to believe in your abilities there. We've all experienced some sort of trauma issue, but it is really meant to empower you and life is always working for you. Like I am so grateful for all my experiences, including my experience with child abuse, because I would not be the person I am today had that not happened. I would not have lived with my dad full time had that not happened. So our lives are always working for us and it's up to us to find the silver lining and use the lessons we've learned to move forward. What I encourage you to do, and this is a, a PR moment and something that came to my mind, a message for you, is while you're doing your book tour, or even in general, you've got all five-star reviews um, on here. Once again, we've got Asante Cleveland. You can get his book, Working Through the Dark, available on Amazon, paperback. Um, it is there, would be not only a great gift, but you never know whose life you're helping. Um, this was by Amanda. This book is both raw and inspiring. Asante Cleveland share, shares intimate details of his past that shaped the football player and man who he is today. Now that's just a small part. She's it's it's much longer than that. Who is this book for and why? This book is for anyone who has gone through abuse or is dealing with it currently, um, just to encourage and empower them that they can be whoever they want to be. They can still do whatever they want to do. Their experience doesn't define them and they are always free to be the person they want to be. I will say to you, and here's a question. I'm going to be 49 in April and I still am learning how to encompass and to live in opportunity and a gift to be loved. I can easily love someone else. Not when it used to be when I was younger on my terms, but now I can freely love. But I'm going to tell you, um, I'm not concerned as I used to be of how long it will take to feel absolutely free of the echo of the past. Um, like you, I've, I've gone through a lot, but I will say, and, and my question to you is, is, is it easier for you to love or be loved? Or do you feel that you are in the best place in your life, Asante, to where you can be absolutely vulnerable and allow yourself to be loved? and loved, which that is something I still struggle with. I think it's easier for me to love others. And I've gotten to a point where I'm more comfortable being vulnerable uh, with those who love me. And it's all been a long process, but that ability to let others love you and also trust that they love you as much as they claim and just believing 
it's been more believing what people show you as opposed to what they say. And if someone is consistently showing you love, then accept that love wholeheartedly. But there are times when people say they love you, but they don't show you uh, actions that match up and believe their actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope you really enjoyed how today's interview went because I've been looking forward to this for over two years. <laughs> Man, Stephen, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate this. Any closing thoughts? No, just everybody just stay focused on what's most important to you. And at the end of the day, just do the best you can. We're all just figuring it out. As long as you put your best foot forward, it's going to work out for the best. Uh, Who would you like to give a shout out to? I would like to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Kingsley, who supported me through all the ups and downs of my transition away from the NFL to writing this book. Uh, I'd like to shout out my parents who have given me nothing but love and support through this process. And I would got to shout out my co-author, Jordan Pinckney, who also shares a passion for helping young kids and who helped me craft this story. So awesome. Remember, you are an inspiration of your story, but there's a difference between being an inspiration of being your story because that comes from healing to being of your story. And I would say definitely know the difference. And my question to you is, do you believe to the best of your ability, and I know you answered, but let's go about this in a different way, Asante. Do you believe you are an inspiration of your story because you're only you're in a place of, say, 99.999% sharing it? Or are you still somewhat of your story to where there are parts of your life where you're still living it or living in it? I think I'm the... Oh, I think the former. I do believe that I'm inspiration of my story. I think if I'm getting that right um, by sharing, but I'm also like all of us, I'm still living my story. And there's things that dynamics that change and always uh, things I'm still working through. So I think we're always uh, in our story. One of the things that I hope that this helps and I encourage everyone is I had taken a photo of myself on the day of my adoption and I put that and placed that on my cell phone as a uh, screensaver. So like every time I go on or when it comes in, I put that photo there and what I've done is something had touched my heart most recently because it's only been there for like now about three days. And I thought to myself, all right, sometimes when we least realize it, we can tend to run away from ourselves. And I have gone through, once again, almost 49 years, um, past life regression, hypnotherapy, aromatherapy, light therapy, counseling, therapy. Uh, There was at times when uh, the doctor wanted me to try medication. I said, absolutely not. But I did try Buspar for a while and, you know, things like that. Um, so with that, uh, you know, I, I still have my meditation routine. I wake up every day and say, um, I'm in, I'm in my best and most powerful timeline. And I'll add in like, I am loved. I am safe. I am safe within my body and outside of my body. I am safe within my environment because God does not make mistakes. I am smart enough to know not to make mistakes. I am smart enough to know to make really great decisions. And I know that where I'm at and what I'm doing is what is in my best interest. Um, And I go to bed with affirmations like that. So is there an affirmation or anything you say to yourself daily that really helps and works for you? Uh, I believe in writing affirmations. I journal every day. That's been my practice of writing down things I'm grateful for. And then also writing down a couple things like I'm powerful, I'm wise, I am loved. I can create impact for others, but then also taking time to just really speak power to my situation uh, about myself and kind of just giving myself that pep talk of like writing down that I, my voice is powerful. Uh, I 
when I put my foot down, I can make the ground shake. Just giving myself that power of just full energy and love that I believe that I have myself. I like that very much. Thank you again, Asante, for being with us today. All great things, Asante Cleveland. Head on over to his Instagram at Asante Cleveland, S-A-N-T-E-C-L-E-V-E-L-A-N-D. And once again, most importantly, what a great gift to yourself, someone you love, Working Through the Dark by Asante Cleveland. Also, author who assisted you at co-authoring, Jordan Pinkney, right? Yeah, Jordan Pinkney. Love it. Uh, available on Amazon. Check out the reviews. Five star all around and many more. Read them. Very, very detailed. You can tell that these were not paid for. Uh, none of that. And and thank you. I'm glad that this came back to me. I encourage you on your book tours and in general is to obtain reviews, whether written or whatever. Let's say you're doing a book tour. You're at Barnes & Noble's, wherever you're at is to encourage people through your marketing and advertising and, and promotion of, of these book tours is for them to share, whether it be online or to have something available when they can come in to put in a little Dropbox um, right there is what is happening in their life. And if they already did read your book, what did they learn from it? Um, what are the takeaway? Um, opportunities and, and golden nuggets that they were able to obtain from working through the dark. Um, and also at the same time to just share their thoughts secretly with you to help purge and heal through a stranger. Cause there are times I'm going to tell you, I've healed more through strangers than I have with people that are close to me and I love to just share with you. And can you imagine what you would be reading? And it would be great to put into an extended book in addition to working through the dark um, to be able to maybe get people's phone numbers or emails or even if you need to do an alias to maybe put something together about what was shared from you as a, um, uh, you know, not a prequel, but like a, a post, you know, working through the dark of putting something together of a, sto a storyline or um a narrative of what people have acquired just through words and inspiration of what a book can do um whether it's from something that they had read from yours or someone else's but it really impacted because it led them to your book isn't that a great idea yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I put my PR hat on. <laughs> Seriously. You are very good. Yeah, I, that's a great idea. Have a Dropbox ready and for people to come in and, and drop that in there, those little notes. I'm going to tell you, then you'll have a second book on your hands and it'll give you more perspective because you're starting off with working through the dark here, sharing your thoughts and feelings and, and inspiration and resiliency. But then the second book from that would be, oh, wow, this is what I've learned from my fans. This is what I learned from my readers. This is what I've learned from people who've read my book. And then it will help with your own self check-in and evaluation to be like, okay, maybe I never thought about this. Oh, this person perceived this from that of what I wrote. Okay, they got all these details. And I don't know if that's ever been done before, but I'm going to tell you something. When a good Lord works and I get these incredible ideas and I share them, like what I'm sharing with you, I'm going to tell you it's up to you whether you do it or not. It doesn't mean you have to, but I'm going to tell you it is meant for you and you will receive something from it and you'll be able to do great things because of it. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was that was awesome. Stephen, you're the best man. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, thank you to, to literally, I'm going to say the Lord. I mean that in a non-religious way. I mean, I am where I am at today because of faith and because of things that can be explained and not explained, to be quite honest. So um, if, if ever uh, my life um, can express things that are most talked about in science fiction or nonfiction in my reality. And I'm being very serious. It's that inner voice that it's that's saved me, helped me, enlightened me, and really have gotten me to be <laughs> sane through things to where most people may not have been, you know, I mean, I, I could have gone down a path of drug addiction, alcoholism, suicide, and I knew yeah. I was worth more 
than that. And I don't judge people who go through that thing. People go through, you know, certain life experiences for different reasons. Um, but for myself, I, I lived that every day through my family and I knew who I was and I knew who I, who I did not want to become. And I was very much loud and clear. And there was never any question to deviate from that truth. And that's awesome. And you are an inspiration, man. Thank you. I, I continue to live life like this and to share, um, I, I don't do any of those seminars or events. I, I don't get into a lot of that stuff, but I attended a, a virtual event most recently and um, I don't mind saying it and I'm going to say, fuck it. I actually called this person out. This person, um, you know, typical, you know, people who sell packages and things like that. Um, and to just share this with you is, you know, I, I don't regret doing it. My heart, I felt like I, there are certain things, even through adversity, um, that can activate you for whatever reason. And this person, this a virtual event activated me because I know that living for doing what is right and being a representative and an advocate and a, you know, a representative of the public for the public through public relations and, and and journalism and media is that it's all about putting people first. And I want to read something to you. And this actually shocked me. And this person was being very serious. Um, I had called out this person um, who was verbally abusive, um, emotionally abusive to certain people in the audience. This person was telling people that um, if they want to be, she helps with public speaking or being a speaker. And she was uh, calling, you know, saying to certain people, oh, if, if you want to, you know, you need to clean up your house, your house, some of your, some of your house, um, uh, what I see is like some of your, your homes is, is disgusting and dirty. Like if you're going to be on a live, you need to have a clean home and that's a reflection of you and just judging people. And, um, uh, she had six people who she had, uh, mentored and who had taken her course and when she introduced them, she said, um, uh, um, they're really, uh, they're really fucked up. And oh, I'm wow. thinking these are former clients of you and they're live six of them. And you're saying about how they're fucked up. So I had, um, center saying, uh, the point is, uh, cause I also had a question and I was thinking, right. Why did I not get a specific answer from this question I had? Because I did not want to sit anymore. I wanted to find out where was this being filmed out of? Like I'm inquisitive. Um, uh, however, just to read this, um, the point is when a question is asked and the person knows what it is being asked about, answer it without having to wait hours worth to receive it. I get you and understand your position. I am here because I felt you are of worth and not following the usual format of what most business coaches follow in their formula and format. However, there is no plausible reason for me to wait for hours to get an answer to my question. I find it to be slightly suspicious when someone keeps me waiting. Since both you and I are very good at being transparent, I don't give a shit about excuses. Whether I'm getting paid or if I'm doing an event, I put people first. And with that being said, as a representative of the public and for the public, I shouldn't have to be told to wait several hours when we, already when we are already close to mid-afternoon to acquire the answer. And if your team is answering thousands of emails, then consider hiring more people to answer a question in a timely manner. This person responded back verbatim said, we don't put people first, we put them last. That's what Ooh. we have been doing the last three days. And then an emoji, you know that emoji where it gets like pissed off and it's blowing a smoke out of its nose. So this person put that there. Mm -hmm. Then wrote- wow. Then wrote, sometimes there is nothing left to say. Sorry you didn't get what you wanted immediately. Many of my team members don't even know the name of the studio. Not important to the service we offer or the work they are doing for our customers. Best, and then put the this person put the name. And then lastly, and after I sent this is when I got booted off the, the uh, 
uh, Zoom Live. And my one client, she started laughing. She's like, you got booted off of Zoom? I said, yeah. I said, when I put, when people, when I stand in my own truth and I'm asking a question and expressing my own, tr my truth, it's not because I'm judging. It's because I'm wanting to understand and I'm looking to find out that person's truth. And I really did mean it, Asante, that I did respect this person for when this person was being truthful with me. The last thing I said, because uh, another email came in and then I respond back by saying, this is a very passive aggressive way to put it. And to be honest, it is great that you know how to be transparent. However, I found your language to be manipulative and abusive from time to time within the last three days to the people in the audience. You're, you're not going to get out of this one with me thinking that I'm going to be fooled or misled by your claim of being sarcastic because this person was like, um, to say this said, maybe something is being very lost in translation. I was being sarcastic. Oh my God, this conversation has turned wild. All we do is put people first. Okay. Best to you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You're telling me the truth. And that's why I'm like, um, I then say, you're not going to get out of this one with me. Um, you are being truthful and I intuitively sense that somewhere within you, you were telling me the truth about how you felt. I have no regrets having had signed up for this course because I saw something different and I felt something move within me. And with that was that God used you as an instrument to activate me. Remember, there are people, whether it's a good feeling or an uncomfortable feeling, we are here and there are times we will help people deactivate from certain human programs and behaviors or activate them to be inspired, which this is like, okay, I got a sign from God. Like, all right, it doesn't mean I'm going to go into public speaking, but I already have a platform where I'm speaking. I've got my own radio show. I work in PR and I may down the road, Asante, do like an event and to, to help people in this way. Um, uh, so, uh, with that being said, I will continue to do the opposite of what most business and life coaches do. And I will continue to put people first because that's what I took an oath to do. I'm very surprised that you've gotten away with the way you treat people this long and you can make all the money in the world, but there will be a consequence to how you treat people. And then after I sent that less than two minutes later, I got booted off of Zoom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh well it's gonna be a great conversational piece when i do one of my non-bullshit live to help teach people how to bypass this fucking bullshit and this person was charging almost thirteen thousand dollars for programs and i'm thinking why are people even signing up to this she, this person was absolutely vulgar abusive mentally and verbally insult insulting people about how they were dressed their homes, what this person saw on, you know, the video. And it's like, but that is, that's what the mind fuck does is what they do is a lot of these so-called life coach and business coaches is they look for who's vulnerable, who's dressed to impress to find out their vulnerability and weaknesses to make money. And then they prey on people who may seem to not have put effort into it to use them as leverage to outweigh the great and the weak. And it, it's an mm -hmm. ongoing thing that most of these people do. And that's why I've refused and stayed away from ever getting into public speaking and doing things like this. But that's when I said I was activated. Um, I'm now inspired to get on a big stage and I'm not going to call anybody, make any names, but I will call out the bullshit for the format and all of this behavior to give people the psychological tips, tricks, and formula of how to figure out who and what these false prophets are and what they are really about, because this person was correct. This person was not putting people first. This person was putting their own money first. And especially when they're bragging about making $150 million for other people and doing this, you got to be very careful when people start bragging about how much money they make. This person was bragging about having a vacation home, several million dollar vacation home, the money that they put into this, having their own boat. It's like, listen, you're here to teach people not to yeah. make it about you. It's to make it about them. And I appreciate you, Asante, to help people 
make it about them through your book, Working Through the Dark, which is yeah, available on you so Amazon. Much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was received well. And, and my whole point in saying that to you is because I can see you on a stage or even when you're doing your book signings, the fact of it is, is I know you're not like these false prophets, but I just want to make it very clear that there are people like you and myself, even, you know, people I've had on the show, even like someone like Brett Shapin, um, actor Brett Shapin from General Hospital. Um, you know, there are people out there that are there for the people. And I just want to let you know that I am putting it on record that if you ever decide that you want to do a big book tour or a speaking engagement for working through the dark or any other books that you're coming out with, I know that you will put people first. And I know that any money that is in spent, that is spent any type of investment, you will be there for their best interest because the other thing is what was encouraged, um, during that three days is that it is okay to be in debt and it's okay to put yourself in debt uh, because that's the normal thing to do is to put yourself in debt to make it an investment for your career. And who the fuck is going to want to put themselves in debt? Like if you've got the, the, you know, passive money or the money to keep you in the black and not the red, but you can still invest. I think most people would rather stay in the in the black, not go in the red. Almost thirteen thousand uh, dollars, and where one girl wrote in the chat, she was like, "Oh yeah, she signed up for the course and she made all her money back." Well, how inspiring is that? You made all your money back. Shouldn't you have said, "Oh, you got all your money back and you made a million dollars more"? No, she just yeah. bragged and said she got all her money back. Well, thank you for letting us know that you thought going into debt just to make money back to say that working with this person and doing this so-called course and reading their book help you to not even break even. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope to see you on a stage one day. I hope to see you on TEDx. I hope to see you everywhere because as I said to you before you we went live, um, you are ready. No more waiting. It's time to get it done. Appreciate you. Appreciate the vote of confidence and I appreciate your platform and all that you, your whole energy and the fact that you put people first. Mm -hmm. You're very welcome, my friend. Well, thank you again. And uh, do you feel fulfilled? Do you have anything else that you would like to express? No, I'm good. I, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. Um, thank you so much, Stephen. You're welcome. Thank you again to everyone for joining us live here on Live on Air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. Share with your friends, your colleagues, your workers, anyone. Download the Power 98.5 Satellite Radio app. Tune in on Alexa. Uh, also go to power985.com for all the latest and greatest. Check out our local schedule. Uh, this interview with uh, Brett Shapin and Asante, I believe what we're going to do is wait until Thanksgiving is over. And I believe we're going to have these interviews re-air uh, this coming weekend. So if so, look forward to Brett Shapin's on Saturday, and then we're going to have Santi's on Sunday. So once again, go to power985.com or download the app, click live radio, and uh, you'll be able to see the schedule there. A uh, new episode of Resilient You with Alicia Pazzoni will be on this coming Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. We've got Catherine and Company with Catherine Swain. Uh, that airs on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Closing thoughts. Let me find words of wisdom. And once again, I have a picture of the day that I got adopted on my phone just to check in and double check and just to see that child in myself. And I encourage you guys to do it. Keep a, a photo of yourself as an adolescent. Maybe the, the biggest turning point in your life or maybe during a time where it wasn't so happy. And remember, that child, that Part of your life deserves to be healed. And so I'm keeping that nine-year-old. I was taken from my family when I was seven and a half. It was a day after Christmas and I was adopted at the age of nine. And so I'm, I've got that, that photo on my phone to check in with that Steven. And it's a picture of me smiling and holding my stuffed animal, my little tape recorder. 
Um, it's there to remind me, but also to remind him that is within me that we are safe. We're moving in the right direction and that we both have each other and we both understand each other. So it's the, the best way that I can talk to my inner self and I didn't force it. It's because I'm ready. And so I'm very, very grateful to be able to have that child self on my phone, to see myself, to know where I've come from, what I've healed from. And also to know so that child within me will be conscious of how successful and resilient we are and to know that we've made the best decisions, that God does not make mistakes, and we've met the right people that have been an instrument to our evolution and our healing and our growth. I'm going to close by sharing with you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I like this one, not having the urge to defend or explain yourself is real peace. Once again, not having the urge to defend or explain yourself is real peace. Whatever you believe you need to answer to is God and yourself, but ultimately have those conversations with self, be one with yourself be truthful with yourself and just know the difference and the feeling of how it feels when you are running away from who you are and your truth and when you're running towards yourself. Have a great day, everyone. I hope between Brett Shapin's interview and what was shared there and here with Asante Cleveland, that this helps you have the greatest, the best, and the most loving and heartfelt Thanksgiving. And if you live in a country or somewhere in a world where you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, or if it's not part of your culture or where you live, just know every day is worth being thankful for. And you don't need a holiday to have that dinner, have that coffee, have that cocktail, even to sit down and have that great laugh with yourself or with someone else. Be there with your loved ones, be there with your pets. Um, every day, is a Thanksgiving day. It's just up to you to decide whether you want that or you don't. You have two decisions to make. Either you live in peace and truth or misery and despair. The choice is always yours. Have a great day, everyone. Shows and let's connect.